0: Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come, Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is series 2, episode 150 of this podcast. Uh, Thank you for joining us all. We are continuing with our study, uh, which is covering May the 25th to May the 31st, Mosiah 29 to Alma 4. They were steadfast and immovable. Uh, And we're going to uh, finish looking at Alma chapter 1 today in the titled uh, section called I Can Recognise and Reject False Doctrine. So where we left it yesterday, uh, we had introduced Nehor uh, and the parallels between him and, uh, and Satan. And we are now looking at Alma's response to what was brought before him. In Alma chapter 1 verse 12, he says, Behold, this is the first time that priestcraft has been introduced among this people. And behold, thou art not only guilty of priestcraft, but hast endeavoured to enforce it by the sword. And were priestcraft to be enforced among this people, it would, it, it, it would prove their entire destruction. So Alma clearly clearly has a great fear of what is brought before him. The fact that this um, priestcraft would likely lead to the destruction of the Nephites, and this is where we learn the um, the impact that such priestcraft can have. And so clearly, uh, Nehor falls under the category of needing to have a judgment, um, you know, brought upon him um, for the death of Gideon, but also it seems uh, for for priestcraft. And so in verse 15, um, it says, and, they, and it came to pass that they took him and his name was Nehor, which is interesting that we only learn learned his name at this stage. And they carried him upon the top of the hill Manti and there he was caused, or rather did acknowledge between the heavens and the earth that what he had taught to the people was contrary to the word of God. And there he suffered an ignominious death. Now this word ignominious death um, just basically means um, like an on. An un- an indignified death, or a death that was, you know, not res- respected. Um, we're not given exact details of what this death was, uh, but the reasons for why he suffered an, an ignominious death are quite laid out quite clear. A number of factors will have, um, you know, been in, would been, be in play here. And in the Know Why, number 108, why did Nihor suffer an ignominious death? It goes into more detail from Book of Mormon Central. But basically... Um, you know, it involves the fact that, don't forget, this is a brand new social reform that has just taken place in the last year, and Niho is already there, um, you know, um threatening to um to make light or make a mockery of this new reform uh, in his actions. Uh, also, the fact he sought to under, undermine with violence, uh, and so therefore, it was a very important trial, this. Uh, and if it was not done correctly, then Alma's Um, you know, leadership as chief judge would, would have a lot of uh, question marks around it for the people. Uh, How would this new power work? What would the new um, (coughs) chief judge be able to do? How would he uh, exact the law? You know, this, this was a big moment in the new uh, reign of the judges and uh, the seriousness of Nehor's challenges to the Nephi order, um, plus his murder would have led to this ignominious death. He was carried to the place. I mean, that's, Obviously, I mean, the saviour was able to walk to where he was crucified, but Nihor was literally carried to the place where he was to be executed, which, you know, suggests that it wasn't the most respectful of deaths. Um, Also, uh, what John Welch and uh, Brant Garner suggest that it was stoning, which was a a common method of execution known in ancient Israel and ancient Mesopotamia, which indicates a level of shame uh, with the death. So... You know, it was um, clearly an important point. And as we do see after Nehor's death, that it is an important moment in the Nephite history. For afterwards, there were many who continued uh, to teach and live the, the principles that, that Nehor taught. In verse 17, it says, Nevertheless, they durst not lie, if it were known for fear of the law, for liars were punished. Therefore, they pretended to preach according to their belief. And now the law could have no power on any man for his belief. I find this interesting because these people, you know, you would think that have, would have the same belief as Nehor, but it seems that actually they didn't have the same belief, but they liked the idea of riches and honor and glory, and so they would pretend to believe the things that Nihor preached in order to get gain, which you know I'd, I hadn't really considered before. I just presumed that the people believed the same things as Nehor. Um, but of course you know perhaps they didn't fully believe it but if they lie, if they lied about what they believed then they could be um you know put punished under the law so they pretended to preach according to their belief and they still tried to uh, receive the the bounty without, and the um riches that would come from that George Reynolds and Janny Matson's Sajal Sajardal, uh, said this quote, Though Nehor's shameful life was thus ended, unfortunately his doctrines did not die with him. It was too pleasant to get those who desired to gain a home in that eternal abode, in spite of a life of sinful joys and follies. Consequently, it spread widely for the teachings of his followers. The law under which they had recourse in teaching their pernicious doctrines was one that assured them religious freedom or liberty. The law was made to protect the innocent, but some found it a convenient way to take refuge when to hide their own deceit suited their purposes best. To be proven false was to be branded the mark of infamy, and those who dared lie were in danger of the law, prohibiting it. Punishment for this crime was keen and sure. However, there was one recourse, one we call a loophole, that enabled many to escape punishment for their acts. Religious liberty was a sacred right among the Nephites. No one could be in jeopardy of the law for that, stating his or her own belief. The followers of Nehor's teachings contended that they believed all things they taught and therefore could not be accused of advocating that which they knew to be false. This part of the statutes of the newborn republic e- excused many of the charge of spreading untruths or of falsely swearing, close quote. The fact is is that religious liberty is you know, a, an important thing. We know the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints often uh, teaches that religious liberty is important. And in fact, in the Articles of Faith, it talks about allowing others to worship how and, what, and in what way they may wish. But of course, there are, there are those at this time that seem to be making um, a loophole out of this and saying, well, they're going to preach these things so they can receive material gain, which, of course, uh, is what Alma feared. Uh, as we continue through, we see how the people of the church react. Um, it says, now there was in 21. Now there was a strict law among the people of the church. that There should not be any man belonging to the church. Arise and persecute those that did not belong to the church and there should be no persecution among themselves. Elder um, Del G. Renlund spoke about how we should um, not persecute any in or out of the church. Uh, he said, quote, The guiding principle for Latter-day Saints is the same. We must not be guilty of persecuting anyone inside or outside the church. Persecution comes in many forms, ridicule, harassment, bullying, exclusion, and isolation, or hatred toward one another. We must guard against bigotry that raises its ugly voice toward those who hold different opinions. Bigotry manifests itself, in part, in unwillingness to grant equal freedom of expression. Everyone, including people of religion, has the right to express his or her own opinions in the public square, but no one has a license to be hateful towards one another as those opinions are expressed. And I think that that's an important lesson for all of us. We can very often fall into this trap of stating our beliefs, and that's not a problem, but then doing so in a way that makes others feel shameful or... um, embarrassed or not accepted because of their beliefs. And we often are falling in danger with that. Particularly perhaps when others live laws or don't live the laws that we live, we may feel like not, not um, you know, mixing with them. And that shouldn't be the case. We should love all. All should be welcome uh, within the walls of, of the church. You know, I think we often, sometimes we, we see this happen in churches where someone comes in and sits down and people avoid them. And it's really not, not right. Um but in this case the people didn't do that and in verse 25 it said now this was a great trial to those that did stand fast in the faith nevertheless they were steadfast and immovable in keeping the commandments of god and they bore with patience the persecution which was heaped upon them um yeah you know, it's a great verse that a very a really powerful one they stood you know firm and steadfast and immovable to the things that they that they learned uh, and they and they lived those principles that we spoke about Elder Neal A. Anderson said, quote, Unlike some Nephites who withdrew themselves from the church, others did stand fast. How do you remain steadfast and immovable during the, a trial of your faith? You immerse yourself in the very things you helped build, the core of your faith. You exercise faith in Christ, you pray, you ponder the scriptures, you repent, you heed the commandments, and you serve others. When faced with a trial of faith, whatever you do, you don't step away from the church. distancing yourself from the kingdom of God during a trial of faith is like leaving the safety of a secure storm cellar, just as, just as a tornado comes into view, close quote. We can look to trials that have come perhaps with this pandemic, or other trials that come into our lives, and question why we are continuing with trying to keep true to, to the principles which maybe sometimes causing uh, some of those problems in our lives. But as Elder Anderson taught, to leave those principles and, and leave the church is, is a, a, a possibility but it means we lose the security and safety of the Spirit and the, and the guiding hand of the Lord. Even though sometimes we don't feel like it's there, uh, it is there. If we uh, are true and faithful, and we stay patient with it. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that's an important principle to keep in mind, to keep steadfast and immovable. Thank you very much for listening today. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Please get in touch on uh, on email or facebook uh, if you're interested in giving feedback or sharing what you've studied or if you want to join me on a future podcast episode i'd love to hear from you as well you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com and of course there's the facebook group church of jesus christ study session with come follow me thank you very much for listening and until we meet again